Here we go. Sit down, buckle up, and let's go racing. For ESPN New Hampshire Radio, I'm Bob Bartis, and this is your NASCAR report. I'm going to take you through my four gears of racing. First gear is going to get you all caught up from Texas Motor Speedway. Second gear will give you all the breaking news in NASCAR this week. Third gear will get you ready for the Xfinity and the truck race, both both a recap from last week at Texas and a preview for this week at Phoenix. Then we're going to fourth gear, and you will have the preview and all the information you need to know when we go to Phoenix. International Raceway. And then, if we have time, I might even take you into overdrive, but we'll see how many rants and raves I have as we get you going and get you all caught up, ready for your week in NASCAR. Engine is fired on this ESPN New Hampshire radio sponsored car. Clutch shift first gear, and off we go. We are at Texas Motor Speedway last weekend on Sunday. This is a 1.5-mile track. It's been repaved a few times, but not since 2001. We're ready to have that repaved, but a lot of the drivers don't want it repaved. Uh, Well, after the rain delay here, I think there's now a lot of drivers wanting it paved because the porousness of the track kept way too much rainwater in there, and it took forever to dry it. But we are at a 24-degree banked in the turns. We've got 5 degrees on the front straightaway, 5 degrees of banking on the back straightaway, 225 feet down the front stretch, 1,300 on the back. It's 60 feet wide. But we got to watch out for that bump over the tunnel in turn one and turn two. You need to be good on the exit. You need to line up that corner exit. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to keep up the speed down the back stretch. This is a fast track. It is rough. It is abrasive. It's going to wear out tires, but you're going to be able to run any groove. Four drivers are in the playoffs that are going to advance to Homestead, but right now eight drivers are in, and this is now the second race of this three-race segment where we're going to eliminate somebody. Jimmy Johnson in the number 48 Hendricks Chevrolet is going to automatically advance. He is going to seek his seventh championship. The other three spots are up for grabs. And based upon the finishing order back at Martinsville, these drivers now are in line with Joe Gibbs Racing. So Jimmy Johnson is leading your points. Then the Joe Gibbs Racing team is there. Cousin Carl Edwards is distant in that pack. Matt Kenseth. Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin are right up front challenging above the cut line. Kevin Harvick needs to do well at this track. He has never won at Texas. He's got a couple of second-place finishes, but never won there. Kurt Busch, deep in points, he's also going to need a win to advance. What happens at qualifying? Well, we got a surprise right up front. Austin Dillon is on the pole, the number three Richard Childress racing car. He wins the Henry Rifle with as a prize for winning that pole. That's his third career pole. It's his second pole for this season, but it's the first pole at Texas for Richard Childress racing. We've had 23 different pole winners at Texas. These cars are now set to run in the daylight because of the six-hour rain delay that occurred. Right during the National Anthem, this race was postponed and never got underway at the start. We need to be mindful of where everyone finished in the spring and where these drivers finished last year. As you may recall, this was the fall of 2015, a race dominated by Brad Keselowski in the number two car. He led over 300 laps, but Jimmy Johnson scored the win. Joe Gibbs Racing came back with Kyle Busch, won the spring race, 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished right behind Kyle Busch. Then there was the Penske car of Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson again in the top five, and Chase Elliott finished in the top five. So we're going to keep an eye on those guys as well. And as you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is out of the car. Alex Bowman is back in. Joe Gibbs Racing, not necessarily a good start here. They are in 7th, 9th, 17th, and 24th starting positions. So with Austin Dillon on your pole, Joey Logano on the 22 Ford Penske in the P2 position, Kevin Harvick starting in third, and Brad Keselowski in fourth. So we have two Fords and two Chevys starting right up front, and the race is off. Well, nope, drain delay. Wait six hours, wait six hours, catch up on your NFL football, then come back, and now the car needs to be set up oh wait you can't touch it you can't touch it to run for the night race until the race gets going so all these cars were set up to run in the daylight they were set to run up with rubber on the track given that this was a triple header weekend with the trucks running on friday the xfinity cars running on saturday they had these cars all dialed in that entire strategic plan out the window the adjustments are now going to be need, needed to be made on the first pit stop to adjust the car for darkness. The rain has washed away all the rubber, which is now going to give more grip. It's going to be harder on tires. It's going to be more abrasive, and the cool air is going to be a faster track. So the question is, are they going to come out loose or tight? They're going to come out tight, and we'll see where we end up going right out of the gate. Joey, Joey Logano in the number 22 car passes Austin Dillon, your pole sitter, right at lap seven, and we are off to the races, literally and figuratively. Joey Logano now is dominating the next 178 laps. The 44 car of Brian Scott spins, loses a piece of debris. It goes right through the grill of the number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota for Kyle Busch. He comes back into the pits. They stack that up with a whole bunch of tape to aerodynamically get that going. Doesn't look like that piece of debris has punctured the radiator or caused any mechanical failure within the engine. He continues to go. Fast forward to lap 244. Kurt Busch gets lapped by Martin Truex Jr. That is devastating for the 41 team. There goes the chase hopes for the Stuart Haas Monster Energy Haas-sponsored number 41 team. He's now going to need a win. He needs to get back on that lead lap. He's not going to do it. The key moment in the race comes 12 laps later at lap 256. We have contact between the three of Austin Dillon and the 23 of David Reagan. Caution is out. Everyone comes into pit. Cousin Carl Edwards in the number 19, Joe Gibbs, Toyota takes the lead off of pit row. He gets by the 78 of Martin Truex. He's ahead of Joey Logano in the 22. And we are now back on track. We've got another incident with Austin Dillon and Kevin Harvick. Well, this is going to be a question for our overtime. It was a question of for the media analysts during the week. Austin Dillon cuts across the bow of the number four for Kevin Harvick. If you listen to the in-car audio and you listen to both drivers post-race, we're still trying to figure out what happened. Austin Dillon says Kevin Harvick dumped me. He got in the rear end, jacked up the car, and spun him out. Austin Dillon is saying this is a deliberate act. 
Kevin Harvick post-race apologized to Austin Dillon and said it was not intention of dumping him. He has no bad feelings for him and that why would he be looking to make an enemy and dump a guy when Kevin Harvick is trying to race for the win? Well, he's trying to race for the win, so he needs to move every car that's in front. Remember, Kevin Harvick drove for a decade for Richard Childress Racing, and there is bad blood between Austin Dillon and Kevin Harvick. Let's go back a couple of years. There was an incident in the truck series when Kevin Harvick driving the number 14, and Austin Dillon is in the number 3, For Richard Childress Racing, the two guys got into it, and Kevin Harvick made some post-race comments years ago that the reason he was leaving Richard Childress Racing was he was sick of the little spoiled brat Austin Dillon who had a silver spoon in his mouth, quote-unquote. And remember, Austin Dillon is grandson to Richard Childress. So Kevin Harvick took exception to the grandkids being put in the car and be given the opportunity based upon their hereditary, not necessarily their driving skill. Kevin Harvick leaves Richard Childress Racing, goes to Stuart Haas, and in the first year wins the Sprint Cup championship. Kevin Harvick has since gone back on some of those statements and made comments that the it was an incident, it was... Heat of the motion, heat of the emotional comment post race, and no ill will between the two. And thank Richard Childress for all the opportunity that he gave to Kevin Harvick. Well, you could tell that Austin Dillon did not forget those comments. Uh, and here we are now, Austin Dillon blatantly blaming Kevin Harvick for dumping him. Uh, the question is, you can hear Austin Dillon lift off the throttle when you replay the in car camera and the in car audio. Uh, which was just a su- slight and subtle flurry blip. Call it what you want on the throttle, but he comes up enough to change his miles per hour slightly. Kevin gets in the back of him. It appears to be a racing incident. Kevin apologizes. Austin's holding a grudge. Will we see that revisit at Phoenix? Well, we'll see. But the important point at this is that cousin Carl Edwards is in the lead. He's now taking control of the race we have rain on the radar is any is anyone going to pit are they going to stay out the rain dance is happening for certain people on pit row carl decides to stay out he makes the call and now rain starts nascar red flags the race and shortly thereafter calls the race at an official race of lap 291 of 334 So Carl Edwards in that Toyota gets his fourth win at Texas. The first win for Joe Gibbs Racing of the chase. The first chase win for Edwards since 2010. He led 36 laps. Remember, started in the ninth position. He now automatically advances with Jimmy Johnson to the next round of the playoffs. Finishing in second is the Ford of Joey Logano. He started second, finishes second, twos are wild. Start second, finish second, 22. He led 178 laps. That's the most of the season. Another Toyota in third of Martin Truex Jr., who led 66 laps. Chase Elliott, great run for him after starting 11th. Puts that Rick Hendrick Chevrolet into fourth. Kyle Busch, notwithstanding the damage, in the grill, notwithstanding having to start in a backup car deep in 24th in the field, he finishes in 5th. Kevin Harvick finishes in 6th. Matt Kenseth in 7th. Casey Kane, strong run for him. 
in eighth, Denny Hamlin in ninth, and a surprise showing for Ryan Newman finishing tenth. All Joe Gibbs racing cars are in the top ten. The other notables, Alex Bowman finishes 13th, driving Earnhardt's 88. Brad Keselowski started fourth, finishes 14th. Remember, he led the most laps last year, was not strong this year. Kyle Larson is in 15th. Kurt Busch deep in 20th. Danica Patrick finishes in 24th. Teammate Tony Stewart finishes 31st. And Austin Dillon, after starting on the pole, ends up in 37th position. Your points now leaving Texas Motor Speedway after we saw eight cautions for 37 laps and the lead changed 12 times among eight drivers. Jimmy Johnson's advancing with his win. Cars and Carl Edwards advances with the win. Joey Logano plus one above the cut line along with Kyle Busch one above the cut line under the cut. The other two Joe Gibbs racing Toyotas of Matt Kenseth and Denny Hamlin Deeper is the Stuart Haas boys for Kevin Harvick, 18 points behind the cut, and Kurt Busch, 34 points behind the cut. Kurt's going to need to win in order to advance. Harvick is going to have to have a strong showing at Phoenix. The other four drivers, with now three Joe Gibbs racing and the one Ford for Logano, are separated by five points. That is going to be a great race to follow going into Phoenix. Clutch shift second gear. Let's get you all up to speed on breaking news for NASCAR this week. Well, as we talked about, as the media called the situation between Austin Dillon and Kevin Harvick, they had the quote, tangle in Texas, and will there be a fight in Phoenix? Slugger Labby, the crew chief for number three, Austin Dillon, said to said to Austin Dillon over the radio, quote, write down that number. We're going to Phoenix. He, the number four, Needs to win, we don't. Sounds like Slugger Labby is looking for payback, and that number three might be dumping the four, and we're going to have the 2016 version of the Logano-Kenseth fight elimination from the playoffs here in 2016 between Harvick and Austin Dillon. Uh, Other news, the 83 car driven by Matt Benedetto has been placed on the concussion protocol. After he crashed in the Xfinity race, he was not cleared to race in sunday at texas he since has been cleared by nascar officials so he will be piloting the car in phoenix this coming weekend all of the drivers have baseline testing at the start of the season so matt was not cleared to race on sunday but has since been cleared by nascar and we're glad to see matt di benedetto back in the car for this weekend at Phoenix. He was also in the news this week. Very good story, very good feel-good story. Very proud of him and NASCAR coming out. Matt DiBenedetto and Joey Logano and a number of NASCAR teams attended a funeral for five-year-old Jake Leatherman of Hickory, North Carolina. This five-year-old is battling juvenile leukemia. He succumbs to the illness, passes away this week, His mom sends a request and a thank you to the local media for everything that that the hospital has done for him. There's a comment made on how big of this five-year-old Jake Leatherman is for a fan of NASCAR, particularly the number 43 and Richard Petty. 
NASCAR teams learn of it, guess what happens? NASCAR shows up at the funeral. These teams showed up in uniform, lined up out front, did a procession, appeared at at the uh, side of the casket, and very strong showing with Matt DiBenedetto, Joey Logano, the Richard Petty teams, Stuart Haas teams, Richard Childress Racing teams, Penske teams. Boy, did they, they make a strong showing of support for the NASCAR family. Our thoughts and condolences goes out to the Leatherman family in Hickory, North Carolina. And nice to see a strong feel-good story for with a very sad ending, but a very positive position taken by NASCAR and these teams. Along the same lines, Jimmy Johnson's foundation raises 600000 for 12 schools in North Carolina, California, and Oklahoma. These schools have petitioned and been awarded the grant money totaling $600,000. Other news? Well, let's get you caught up on any change in the sponsorship. Well, Tyler Reddick not returning to Brad Keselowski Racing. This 20-year-old has made 61 starts in the truck series, 60 of the 61 have been with Brad Kazalowski. He's got three wins and seven top fives. He's been driving there since 2014. He came out this week and announced that he would not be returning to Brad Kazalowski Racing. Details are unclear if that is his choice. The Brad Kazalowski team's choice, uh, we're, we're going to look into it. There's been no announcement on his next team or where he is going next year. Meanwhile, his teammate, Tyler Reddick's teammate, Daniel Hemrick, uh, will not be driving for Brad Keselowski. He has been signed to Richard Childress Racing and advancing to the Xfinity. So we're going to watch Daniel Hemrick drive Chevrolets for Richard Childress Racing in the Xfinity Series next year. Other Xfinity news, Matt Tift got a full-time ride. Remember, he's the fellow that had brain surgery in July. Yes, brain surgery. He has now been back racing this year. And to such an extent, Joe Gibbs Racing signed him for full-time 2017 Xfinity ride. And Matt Beckman will be the crew chief. Matt Beckman has been with Joe Gibbs Racing since 2007 and is currently one of the chief engineers with Denny Hamlin's number 11 FedEx team. He is now going to be the crew chief for Matt Tift in 2017. Matt Tift in the last three years has made 31 starts in the trucks and nine starts in Xfinity for 2016. Meanwhile, Michael Annette has signed a multi-year deal with Junior Motorsports. You know, you know Michael Annette. He oftentimes is driving in the Cup Series, not having good success there. They are sending him back down to the Xfinity Series, gain more experience. He will be the fourth car for Junior Motorsports who is expanding Flying J is the sponsor for Michael Annette's car. They will remain with him, and Michael will be driving the number five Chevrolet. He joins teammates Elliot Sadler, Justin Allgaier, and currently William Byron, who drives for the truck series. Most number of wins as a rookie truck driver with six and looking to advance. Boy, Michael Annette is going to have a plethora of experience to learn from Driving for Junior Motorsports, having Sadler, Allgaier, and a young 18-year-old truck series contender in there. Great news for Michael Annette. Meanwhile, Bush Beer has signed a three-year extension with Stuart Haas to be the 
primary sponsor for the number four on a handful of races. Remember, we also have some other sponsorships that cycle through and going. We've talked about that in the previous podcast. But right now, Bush Beer will continue to be a primary sponsor on Kevin Harvick's car. We have post-Texas penalties coming up. So let's bring you up to speed on those. Joey Logano, $10,000 fine for lug nut violation. Five drivers are losing 15 minutes of practice due to inspection issues. Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, A.J. Allmendinger, and Martin Truex Jr. all failed pre-race template inspection three times prior to the start of the Texas race. Three strikes, and you lose practice time. So those guys will be hampered when we go to Phoenix to serve those penalties. Meanwhile, the following list of drivers failed inspection twice, and they received written warnings. Austin Dillon, David Reagan, Trevor Bain, Denny Hamlin, Kyle and Kurt Busch, Matt Kenseth, and Jeffrey Earnhardt, who is nephew to Dale Earnhardt Jr. All of those drivers failed pre-race inspection twice, so... They get written warnings, just like you get pulled over on the side of the road. You get a written warning. If you get too many written warnings, you're going to get a ticket. You fail it again, and three strikes, you lose practice time. We don't want to see that adding up at Homestead. So a number of drivers, all failing inspection, all under the radar of NASCAR, getting through template inspections, and we will keep an eye on that going forward. Other penalties. Brendan Gaughan has been docked 10 points and his crew chief fined $10,000 for a post-race infraction. He had incorrect ground clearance and body height measurements. Uh, there's, the, there's the infraction. Uh, quote, incorrect uh, ground clearance and uh, body height measurements. Uh, I think some people have had bad dates due to incorrect ground clearance and body height measurements. But in any event, Brendan Gaughan mathematically now must win in order to advance. Meanwhile, the 88 team in Xfinity, driven by Harvick last uh, week, also received a similar penalty for the ground clearance body height measurement problems. Elliot Sadler was fined $5,000 or his crew chief was, for lug nut infractions. So, boy, NASCAR sharpened the pencil, and they collected a number of fines here right out of the gate coming through Texas pre-race inspection and following Texas races for Xfinity and Cup drivers. Lastly, for news this week, NASCAR announced a technical bulletin in which a rule change will start this weekend and carry through 2017. And with that, that's relating to the trailing arm and mounting bracket. The rule is designed to prohibit teams from gaining an advantage on the side yaw and side force. Teams have been trying to gain an aero advantage in the rear suspension side force, allowing the cars to turn better in the corners. And NASCAR now has implemented a a rule way too technical. But if you want to Google it and find out, it's going to affect how the teams have side force and their mounting bracket and trailing arms. Clutch shift third gear. We are now going to bring you up to speed on the truck race. You are listening to the Bob Bardis Report. We're in third gear. We're down at Texas for Friday night race under the lights. Race number two of round two. Six drivers are in. It's going to get narrowed to four. 38 times the trucks have raced here at Texas. That's the most on any track. Remember, this is the 1.5 mile track. We've got... 24 degree banking in the turns, five degrees on the front and back straight away. We got a big bump over turn one and two. You got to be good on old tires. You got to know how to drive on worn and hot tires. Right before the start of the race, uh, there was a good focus piece on GMS, Gallagher Motorsports. 
They've won the last two races and with two different drivers. Who drives for them? Johnny Sauter, Spencer Gallagher, and 33 of Ben Kennedy. Well, Sauter is new to that team. He already has a win. He already automatically advances. He won back in Daytona. Ben Kennedy got his first career win at Bristol. Spencer Gallagher driving for that team. It's his dad that owns it. And we saw the number 24 of Grant Enfinger. Remember his name from a couple of weeks ago? He's a limited driver. And at times, Kyle Larson has driven for GMS. Very good story. Go back on YouTube to check that out for Gallagher Motorsports. The number five of John West Townsley. He's not driving. He's out with that ankle injury. Cody Coughlin will be the sub driver. And he's driven nine times with his best finish being at Texas in the spring. He gets another shot back here. And remember, 70% of the time, Matt Crafton wins on 1.5 mile tracks. He was second in June at Texas. However, he had to change engines and our following practice and he brought the chassis that he won with at charlotte and did well with the spring race he's starting seventh today spencer gallagher though is on the pole that's his second career pole outside is daniel hemrick in the number 19 brad keselowski racing hemrick is out of the chase and as we just learned in second gear he's out of that truck for next year going to xfinity william byron starting third he won texas in june brought the same truck he's fourth in points in that kyle bush motorsports toyota he's got three pole three times this year I'm sorry, three wins this time this year on 1.5-mile tracks. Matt Tift is in the number 11 car. As we just learned, Johnny Sauter brought the same truck here to test, and now he's going to be driving that truck at Homestead. So he's going to automatically advance. He's using Texas as a test on this 1.5-mile to run the same truck at the 1.5-mile of Homestead. We're going to go 147 laps, 220 miles. Caution clock is in play. The fuel window is 50 laps. Eric Jones was your fall winner back then. Remember, he now has the truck, or that truck is now run by William Byron. William Byron won the spring race. 32 cup, 32 drivers. We've got a cup driver in the field, Austin Dillon, driving the number 71. That's the same truck that Chase Elliott drove the week before. Suarez is also from the Xfinity Series running in this truck series playoffs. You know how I feel about that. All right, off we went. First caution was due to the caution clock, lap 39. We've used the caution clock 17 times this season, but never more than two times in a race. Hey, guess what happened? Second caution due to the caution clock, lap 82. Hey, guess what happened? Caution clock, lap 124. And at this point, Daniel Hemrick has led and taken the lead away from from Spencer Gallagher, who has led 87 laps. Matt Crafton had an electrical issue. Question, is that battery going to last? He's switching back and forth. He's running it down to 10 and 11 volts. We got green flag racing with 11 to 18 laps to go. Sauter, Crafton, restart, 15 to go. The nine is out front. The double zero are swapping paint. Here we go. Stuart Haas Racing versus Kyle Busch Motorsports. Cole Custer swapping paint. The 23 of Spencer Gallagher fades all the way back to ninth after a bad pit stop. 
Cameron Haley, Christopher Bell, they touch again and again. They're going to have problems after the race. Five to go. Now we've got a big lead by the 88. The 21 is coming with two to go. Johnny Sauter in the 21 passes the 88 on the outside and now has led six laps, taking it to the win. Johnny Sauter gets his third win at Texas, one back-to-back weeks, and now eliminates another driver from automatically advancing with a win because he stole those two wins. He's won at 2.5-mile tracks. He's won at 1.5-mile tracks. He's won at a .5 track. Hey, if it ends in a .5, put your money on Johnny Sauter. Hey, guess where we're going at Homestead for the championship? 1.5-mile track. All right, the 88 finishes in second position. That's the 13th top five at Texas. That car or that truck and now you have Brad Keselowski teammates finishing third and fourth with Hemrick and Tyler Reddick. So let's recap your top five. Johnny Sauter has won. Matt Crafton, the king of 1.5-mile tracks, finishes second. Brad Keselowski teammates, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Hemrick, third and fourth. Spencer Gallagher, notwithstanding, starting on the pole and leading 88 laps, finishes eighth. Dylan in ninth, Cole Custer in 10th. That's the 10th top 10 this season. And he apologized to getting into it with Christopher Brell uh, at the conclusion of that race. We had three chase contenders finish in the teens. William Bell in 11th, Ben Kennedy in 13th, Peters in 14th in that red horse, Toyota. Remember, he, he Timothy Peters, won Phoenix 2015. And then Crafton went on to win in Homestead. Well, we're going to see now they're all headed to Phoenix, and we'll get you ready for that. Here's how your points concludes. Sauter with the two wins. He's going to look for his first truck title in eight seasons. William Byron right behind him. Christopher Bell and Matt Crafton above the cut line. Timothy Peters below the cut line by one point, and Kennedy 13 points below the cut line. So really the four or five drivers that are battling were all within six points. Four different guys, three spots, six points separates them, one race to go, two are getting in on points, and we'll see where this goes when we get to Phoenix Friday night. Set your DVR. It's a 10 p.m. Eastern Standard start. Last five races have been won by Kyle Busch Motorsports at Phoenix. Kyle won it. Brian Scott won it. Eric Jones twice, and Timothy Peters. So, again... This track does not end in a .5, so do not bet on Johnny Sauter. It's a Kyle Busch Motorsports-dominated track, so look for those Toyotas this weekend. Now, remember, William Byron is moving on from Kyle Busch Motorsports to Rick Hendrick next season for 2017, driving in the Xfinity car, and I'm still looking for a reason why Kyle Busch Motorsports did not sign William Byron. Keep him in a Toyota. Move him to Xfinity, but keep him in a Toyota why he got let go and why he's over at Hendricks, I still have that question. All right, let's move over to the Xfinity race, also at Texas. This is the second round of the playoffs for the Xfinity guys. They had two weeks off. They're going to race Texas this weekend. Then they're going to Phoenix. Eight drivers are in. Then we're going to cut it down to four drivers. Elliot Sadler is 
is in in the Junior Motorsports Chevy. He's got six top fives in the last seven races. Daniel Suarez, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, is in. Surprise and great job by Blake Cook in his Chevrolet, number 11. He's in. Allgaier, Junior Motorsports, tied with Eric Jones on the cut line for that Toyota. Chevy versus Toyota, Junior Motorsports versus Joe Gibbs Racing. Ryan Reed in the Roush Ford. There's the manufacturer battle. All three drivers separated by two points. Brendan gone deep in the field by 17 points going into Texas. As you learned in second gear, he got docked points. He's going to be in trouble as well in that Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet. And Daniel Bubba Wallace, 18 points deep in the number six, Roush Ford. No one is locked in yet as there is no win. So no automatic advances 40 cars 200 laps 300 miles pit road speed is 45 miles an hour and your fuel window is at 55 laps the 22 is on the pole eric jones is outside right out of the gate we have problems blake cook green flag stopped his right front tire is peeling you could see cords coming through he goes a lap down at 60 at lap 63 only 15 cars are on the lead lap brendan gone's one lap down he's running too tight he can't turn he has to slow down to make the turn and he's getting lapped at the one quarter mark it's kyle larson show brad Kazalowski in the 22 kyle larson in the 42 these cup drivers are now dominating this race at lap 115 we got a low voltage issue with suarez he's shutting off the fans he's going to try to limp it home he's got everything off except the gear fan fourth caution comes out blown tire this is where matt d benedetto in the number 14 toyota goes into the wall he gets that concussion that prevents him from racing in sunday's race meanwhile the free pass goes to brendan gone suarez Alex, not to change the battery i don't know what he's doing this is the time to come in swap it make sure you got a backup you're running for a playoff contention advance there's only 16 cars on the lead lap why not change it i don't know but i'm not the crew chief i'm just the guy reporting after so that's why that crew chief's getting the big bucks 50 to go we now have the 22 of brad kazalowski the 88 battling up front that's kevin harvick then then you have sadler restart Cup guys battling it out. Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick. Here's your finishing order. Kyle Larson gets his Xfinity second win of the season. Remember, he won back at Pocono. That's his fifth career Xfinity win. He led 30 laps. He credited Sadler with pushing him to the lead on the restart. Brad Keselowski finished second. Kevin Harvick in third. Eric Jones in the 20 is your top chase driver finishing in fourth. Then you have Daniel Suarez limping that car home in fifth. Elliot Sadler in sixth. Austin Dillon seventh. Brendan Poole in eighth. Matt Tift in ninth. Justin Allgaier in tenth. Your other chase contender, Ryan Reed, finished in twelfth. Blake Cook finished 14th. Brendan gone in 15th. And your concluding of points, leaving Texas. Suarez in the lead by 17. One point behind is Sadler. Nine points behind him is Eric Jones and Blake Cook above the cut line. Allgaier just below the cut line by one point. Then Ryan Reed, then Bubba Wallace, and Brendan gone. And as we've talked, those lower guys are going to have to win the race if they want to advance. No one is safe. There is no winner. You're going to have to go forward on points unless you win Phoenix. So we're going to tune in Saturday night, 7 p.m., at Phoenix for the one mile, see who advances to Homestead in the Xfinity Series to run for the championship at Homestead.
clutch shift fourth gear. We are going to Phoenix. This is race three of the third round. It's a 1.022 mile track. We're going to do 300 laps at this kidney shaped asphalt track. The back stretch is angled. They call it the dog leg. The cars are going to be racing down on the apron. They're going to cut across the line. It's a 10 foot drop off of the track, but some of these drivers use it as a slingshot coming down the back stretch to get into turn three. It's known as the House of Harvick, given his wins. There's Rattlesnake Hill. You don't have to buy a seat in the grandstand. You can go put your chair up on Rattlesnake Hill and look down over this track. There are no guarantees of who's going to win this, notwithstanding Harvick's dominance every year, and we're going to talk about that in a second. This is anything goes for these drivers as they're trying to land a spot to get into the championship next week at Homestead. The defending fall champion, Dale Earnhardt Jr., that was a rain-shortened race. That's right, we had rain in the desert. It rained in Phoenix pretty bad. They shortened up that race. And remember that cousin Carl Edwards was cut from playoff contention last year because of the rain-shortened race, and he was trying to take that uh, win at Phoenix to advance. Well, he got a little payback for the rain-shortened race at Texas, so the scales always balance, and everything is evened out here. So Edwards will advance Edwards doesn't have to worry about trying to get a win here. Who does need to worry about getting a win? Kurt Busch. You need to get a win to advance mathematically. Kevin Harvick, deep enough in points. He should be looking for a win in order to get here to advance that Stuart Haas. He has eight wins. Kevin Harvick, eight wins and 1,500 laps led at Phoenix. He's bringing the same car that he won with at Phoenix back in the spring of 2016 he's bringing the same car that he won at new hampshire motor speedway we got dominance in the desert when this number four kevin harvick car takes to the field let's go back and look at the last five races at phoenix when kevin harvick joined Stuart haas racing march 2014 a win and led 224 laps kevin harvick november 2014 leads 264 laps of 300 wins march 2015 leads 224 laps wins november 2015 leads 143 oh second place remember rain shortened a junior he probably would have caught him and passed him but march 2016 leads 139 laps gets a win Kevin Harvick has led 67% of the laps of the last five races at Phoenix. He's the odds-on favorite, but guess what? There's a whole lot of other guys that are trying to knock him out of the chase, including Austin Dillon. Are we going to see a little rivalry there? We talked about that before. All right. Joey Logano got knocked out of the playoffs last year with Matt Kenseth. Well, Joey Logano has two Xfinity wins here and seven cup starts, still looking for a win at Phoenix. Matt Kenseth has one win here after 27 starts at Phoenix. As we talked, Kurt Busch is going to need, well, he's got one win with 27 starts as well, so his, his average is the same as Matt Kenseth. Kyle Busch has a win. Cousin Carl Edwards has two wins here, doesn't need one now. And Denny Hamlin has one win. He could use another if he's looking to advance. The leader behind Harvick in the number of wins remember harvick has eight wins next in line the 48 jimmy johnson two wins average finish of seventh it doesn't matter if he finishes dead last he is automatically advancing to homestead as is cousin carl edwards this sunday will mark the 500th career start for biffle uh, i don't know where he's going to finish here this is not a strong track for him 
we are going to have a triple header weekend. The trucks are running Friday night. Xfinity guys are running Saturday night. Cup guys Sunday afternoon. 2 p.m. start here on the Eastern Standard Time for when you should be looking for pre-race, and we're going green thereafter. Goodyear has released the report. All the drivers are going to be running in all series the same tire. The cup drivers are going to get five sets for practice, nine sets for the race, Xfinity six sets, trucks are running five sets. This is, remember how in-depth this report is going to give you? For those of you keeping score at home, Goodyear is running codes 4664 on the left, 4666 on the right. There, There's your numbers. All right, this is the same tire that we ran back at Phoenix in the spring. It's the same for both Xfinity and the Cup, except the trucks ran a different tire back in the spring. All the guys are running the same tire right now. They will not be running inner liners because it's at a one-point mile track. It might be a one-mile track, but they are going to start looking at it like it's a short track. Well, I guess it kind of is. Again, they're going to be looking for that dogleg to slingshot. There's going to be heavy braking coming off those turns where are we going to have trouble? We're going to bottleneck going into turn three. You're going to be loose coming off turn four, and turn four is where a number of the wrecks are going to... But we'll see. Watch this race. Watch him slingshot off the backstretch. That's the only track where they come down underneath the line in order to drive across the apron. They're going to drop 10 feet off of the track onto a flat surface to bounce back up to bottleneck into three and then come off loose into four to get the run down the straightaway exciting race to watch watch it from rattlesnake hill watch it from the grandstand watch it from your couch either way just watch this race this is going to determine who's going to the playoffs clutch shift we are in overdrive all right here's a couple of talking points that i do for the overdrive segment what's your opinion on the rain shortened race for this past weekend in texas and should rain shortened races count in the playoffs or do we need to run them to the full extent texas this past weekend had 291 of 334 laps it was a quick rain shower by the time nascar called this and Carl Edwards got interviewed, it's not raining. Victory Lane, no rain. All the other drivers post-race interviews, no rain. It's only 9.30 p.m. in Texas. Dry the track, get those Titan dryers out there, run this race. You got another 40 laps, and the implications in the playoffs are huge. NASCAR, dry the track, run it. I don't want to hear, well, it took six hours to dry it the first time. Then it needs to be repaved. You've got these tremendous jet engine dryers. Dry the track, run them to the full extent. The strategy is based on that. The drivers expect to run the full series. That's what the fans want to see, even if it's a rain delay. I don't want to see rain shorten. I don't want to see someone here advance to the final round simply because it happened to rain during the middle of the run. So my opinion, run it to the end. Next overdrive talk, teamwork. You heard, you heard these Joe Gibbs racing guys. Well, we got to line up. We're going to have parade lap at Talladega. We're going to run nice and not swap paint at Martinsville. That teamwork is going out the window. The rivalry has started. Kyle Busch has said he's sick of this. He's going to the front. The Joe Gibbs racing Toyotas are separated by two points. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth are all separated by two points. All bets are off. Cousin Carl Edwards, the fourth driver for that, automatically advances. He's moving on. This is now going to come down to two spots remaining. One of them will go to the winner of... 
Phoenix if it goes to a chase driver who has not won here. So if it's not Jimmy Johnson and it's not Carl Edwards, it's one of the other chase drivers, they'll advance. Otherwise, this is going to be solved on points. So teamwork is out the window. We're not going to see Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick work together. We are not going to see any of the Joe Gibbs Racing Toyotas work together. What we are going to see, we're going to see one heck of a race at Phoenix International Raceway this Sunday, 2 p.m. Tune in. Until next time, keep it in gear. Hold your line. I'll meet you in victory lane. For ESPN New Hampshire Radio, I'm Bob Bartis. This is your NASCAR Report.